0: From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with Lieber President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by currency. Learn more at gocurrency.com. Well, we've got the uh, election uh, in our rearview mirror, the pri- the primary, now the, now the <laughs> one for uh, all of the positions. Uh, But uh, one of the things that happened is Suzanne Geist going all in for mayor and uh, has resigned her seat in the Senate.
1: Yeah. Earlier this week, Senator Geist announced that uh, she was going to commit all of her time to running for mayor. After the results, she was very pleased and encouraged and excited. And she felt like the best way to To campaign and get her message out and connect with voters was to uh, resign from the legislature so you know this week she's done with the
0: legislative session as we head to that May 2nd uh, general election there's some pretty important dates for people to uh, remember and of course uh, part of that is uh, early voting uh, requesting early ballots all types of things have you got the uh, dates all uh, confirmed now with the election commissioners?
1: Yeah, I went to the election commissioners website and you still have until April 14th, which is actually Friday, April 14th um, to get registered. So you can register online or go down to the election commissioner over there about forty-six and Vine um, and get registered uh, Monday, April 17th is the day that early ballots get mailed again. So this is a quick turnaround, Mark. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's also the day that early voting takes place in the commissioner's office.
1: Correct. You can go into the commission's office uh, and vote, or you get the early ballot. Um, and then the deadline to request an early ballot is at 6 p.m. on April 21st, so it's a short timeline. And uh, May 1st is the final day you can vote in the office, and May 2nd is the primary election, so... Uh, hold on to your hats! It's campaign, uh, you know, coming around turn four, headed to the to the finish line. So,
0: yeah, I was we were talking in the newsroom about the the time between the primary and the general election in Lincoln, and somebody said, "I wish all elections were that short between a primary and uh, and a general." But uh,
1: I'm pretty yeah. sure there's some candidates that would disagree with you on that. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but I yeah. mean. You get up the next the day after the primary, you're exhausted, and then you know, it's like, Okay, I gotta grab some coffee or something and energize myself. So um the As busy other... as
0: it is leading up to the primary, it gets busier the day after the primary. Absolutely.
1: So you know, and we talked about the mayor's race, Mark, but we've got those four city council districts um that are gonna be on the ballot too, and there are some really close races. Um, you know, uh In District 1, which I'll just call essentially Northeast Lincoln, uh, you know, there's only a couple hundred votes separating Taylor Wyatt and James Michael Bowers. District 2 had four candidates, and there was quite a separation between first and second place, but there was, you know, a little bit of separation between second and third, so we'll have to see how those votes from third and fourth place come in. And then uh, in District 4, we had a four-horse race, too, and it was really close between the top two. And then there's about another, you know, 40% of the vote uh, split between the the third- and fourth-place finishers. So I think uh, it'll be interesting to watch these races. So we've got a lot ahead of us coming up uh, going into uh, election season on May 2nd.
0: One other thing, back to uh, early voting, uh, we did find out that the election commissioner's office is going to be open some extended hours a couple of days to allow for that voting
1: correct Uh, we have uh on april 21st their extended hours will be from 8 a.m to 6 p.m the 29th it'll be 9 a.m to 11 a.m which is a saturday and then they'll be open from 7 a.m to 6 p.m the day before the election
0: we'll have uh, more on the election coming up here on future lincoln business beat editions our deep dive though is next and we're going to go deep with Congressman Mike Flood is going to be in here with
1: us today. I'm excited to have the congressman. Uh, A lot happening in Washington. He's got a pretty uh, great committee assignment, so we're looking forward to uh, talking to him
0: about the issues in Washington. Do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Now, Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, other big-ticket items as well. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get that financing. It's secure and free to use and gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out an application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, doing business as currency. pursuant to CFL license 60-DBO-54873. Everybody
2: in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
1: And if you love the filet o fish right now you can catch two of the classics you
2: love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. ba 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 Back
0: on Lincoln Business Beat, our deep dive today, Congressman Mike Flood in the studio. Welcome.
1: Well, it's good to be here. Congressman, it's exciting to have you. Um, We've talked several times over the last, what's been about a year? (laughs) Uh, It's been quite a year for you. Um, You went through the primary election last year, then you had your special election, then you had the general election. It was and I, I, you win the special election, you get to go to Washington, and you still got a campaign. So it's kind of like these city elections where we have the four weeks in between.
2: So People in Lincoln are used to having elections like every month. I it feels like you know. It feels <laughs> I've like taking we, a few months off. It feels like every month is election season in Lincoln. So every um, month
0: is campaign season.
1: Amen. Uh, so I thought we'd talk first of all. Um, you know, now that we're in the new Congress, uh, which started in January, you got a pretty awesome. Uh, committee assignment. Tell us a little bit about your committee assignment with the Financial Services Committee.
2: Well, thank you for that. I am very excited to be on the Financial Services Committee. I went and campaigned for that inside the House to all the steering committee members uh, through my entire time in Congress when I was there in 2022. And in January, I was named to a lot of people hear Financial Services Committee and their eyes kind of gloss over because it's not like uh, House Armed Services. You know, Don Bacon's <laughs> dealing with nuclear weapons. You know, Adrian is on the House Ways and Means Committee, so he's dealing with trade. Uh, little did we know, though, the uh, House Financial Services Committee is a very, very, very hop in place right now. With the SVB bank collapse, the Signature Bank collapse, uh, we worked over that weekend to make sure that uh, depositors were taken care of. Uh, with FDIC insurance proceeds. And then uh, we've been working since to make sure that the mid-tier level banks you know, remain vibrant in America. Because if we lose those, we lose the diversity in our financial uh, services industry, we'll become Europe where they have a couple of big banks, the regulators can do what they want, and there's really no competition. So uh, being a member of the Financial Services Committee is good for a lot of reasons. In Lincoln, the number one issue here that I hear about is affordable housing. And uh, the Financial Services Committee uh, governs affordable housing through the H uh, through HUD, uh, HUD, and uh, it also deals with issues like student loans, Nelnet, very large presence here. Insurance, very large presence. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that committee touches uh, Nebraskans and especially folks right here in Lincoln. That's awesome, and it's great to have a member of
1: our delegation who's involved in that committee and can, can touch on those different issues. Um, and it's nice because I think your background, uh, you're, you're a small business owner. Uh, we're sitting here in studio. It's kind of, throwback for you, because you uh, got your start here at Broadcast House, and then uh, you went on to uh, build a nice, a nice business, and I think a business owner perspective really helps you when you're working on those things, so tell us kind of how that business, being a business owner and an entrepreneur that started, I think, were, were you 9 or 10 when you opened your first radio station? Well, actually, I, I was in third
2: grade when I opened my newspaper, the Green Lawn Times, and, and I could not compete with the Norfolk Daily News. They're, they had about 25,000 circulation, and I had about 113.
1: Kent Warnicke, probably. <laughs> yeah. They smoked me. Beat you up a little bit.
2: But I uh, I kept that going. and Then I got into radio when I was 15 up in Norfolk. And then I did that in college. And then when I came to law school, I was actually here at Broadcast House. I was Jimmy Hoppa on Froggy 98. So I went to law school during the morning, and then I came over to that studio right over there, and uh, and I, uh, I had 13-in-a-row frog blocks. You know, I remember Jimmy
1: Hoppe. Little did I know that someday I'd be actually interviewing him on a podcast. Well, it's so. nice to be here, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so a lot going on in the Financial Services yes. Committee. I mean, obviously, the big news today is, or right now is all about the banks and all that kind of thing. What are some other things you see coming up with the Financial Services Committee that you think will be good for the folks of Lincoln?
2: Well, one of the, you know, I was on the Nebraska Legislature's Banking, Commerce, and Insurance Committee for a total of four years out of the 10 that I served in Lincoln here. And after the FTX collapse, uh, which was terrible for digital assets, cryptocurrency, whatnot, stable coins. There's a lot of regulators in the U.S. working every single day to push those digital assets out of the United States and not let banks custody any of those assets. Uh, What we see now is that you've got actors in China and other countries and other continents that want to and are working to develop uh, digital currencies that they hope will become the world's reserve currency. And we have, as Americans, enjoyed the fact that our U.S. dollar is traded on every continent on earth, that it is the most stable, it is the most dependable uh, reserve currency of the world, and it gives us the kind of diplomatic power that doesn't result in any bloodshed when we use it to protect Americans and enforce stability. And so as a member of the Digital Asset Subcommittee, I wanna see us build the kind of regulations like the ones I worked on in Nebraska to make owning a digital asset safe and dependable and make it so that banks can safely take custody of it and uh, serve their customers. Not this idea of you know protectionism where we're just going to put our head in the sand while China does laps around us. And so that's one of the priorities on that uh, committee. I will tell you just briefly uh, on Lincoln's behalf. Um, I'm really active working with the Innovation Campus at UNL to get the egg ag- research facility built there. Um, working to land 25 million dollars to make that happen. And I also put in uh, project request funding for uh, the environs of basically 9th and 0, uh, you know, as you come off I-180 there coming into Lincoln, a $4 million kind of uh, beautification of that area, which I think will really help. Uh, present lincoln's front door better to visitors as they come in
1: yeah that would be a a total change up there it'd be great to have that a little different when people come in for that that gets a lot of use on about six saturdays a month. well it's funny you say that
2: because that phillips 66 station right there yeah i have good friends from norfolk they have tailgated there for like 30 years so I told them, we're going to have to build a tree somewhere where they can hang out uh, once, the, once the big building takes over. <laughs> well, there. and
1: I think also they need to put up the scoreboard, because there was always the, remember the predictions yes, on, that, yes, yes, on yes. that sign? I was like, what I'm are gonna we miss... going to do about football predictions? Like, right. let's, let's focus on what's important in downtown Lincoln, right? we got to have our, our football predictions. So um, so you're back here now for a little bit. You're headed back to Washington soon. What, what kind of things will you be seeing when you head back to Washington?
2: Well, uh, you know, one of the top issues that we're going to be working on is, uh, you know, border enforcement. Uh, we have an open border right now. Uh, Steve Scalise, Kevin McCarthy, uh, we're we're talking about uh, what steps we need to take with uh, uh, the leadership of the Biden administration that's letting this happen. And you're going to see a continuing conversation about that. The debt ceiling discussion is looming. Uh, America is thirty one point five trillion dollars in debt. Think about that. It's it's uh something that makes us unsafe as Americans, uh, a lot of leverage uh handed out the door, a lot of uh interest paid. And so we're going to have uh hopefully an opportunity to sit down with President Biden and reduce some spending. Uh I'd be happy just to go back to pre-pandemic spending. Um we're at a point now where something has to be done. You you can't ignore a 31.5 trillion dollar debt and at the same time we have to keep things stable and and deal with, you know, the the debt ceiling. Uh, beyond that, uh, we have just passed a bill on energy, making it easier to get a hold of our own resources instead of begging Saudi Arabia or Venezuela for uh, increased oil production uh, to lower prices here. And uh, those are some of the main issues that I think are sitting on the table that we've been dealing with as members of Congress.
1: So let's talk uh, just for a second about the oh, debt. the farm bill. Oh, yeah.
2: We got to do that. Yes. That's a big deal. Uh, So let's talk about the the debt ceiling for just a second.
1: Um, So that vote is probably going to happen. When does that kind of come up? When will you be voting on that?
2: Good question. Uh, That issue becomes ripe when the Treasury Secretary says it's ripe. It's in her sole discretion to talk about when the debt ceiling uh, becomes, uh, you know, something we have to vote on within X number of days. And so it it could be early June, it could be late September, or any time in there. Um, We in the House are preparing as though it's the end of May, early June. And uh, I think you're going to see the House of Representatives. If President Biden refuses to do anything, if he refuses to negotiate and doesn't think that he can't find any bit of savings in our unbelievably voted federal budget, then the House will pass a bill uh, to... To deal with it. And then it's up to the Senate and the president, you know, to take the next steps. Uh, but right now it feels like we're working in a vacuum with a guy that doesn't even sit down to talk about how we're going to get to solving this. Wow. So um I'm going to, how about we go down a little
1: bit lighter road? So uh those are pretty deep things and, and serious things. So I, I was fascinated to hear you talk about you know, you won a special election in late June of 2022. You became a member of Congress early July of 2022. And, and you kind of had, I would say, what people would consider a different approach uh, between July and the end of the year, kind of how you got to know members and, and developed kind of the relationships. Talk about how you did that and, and why you think it, it was valuable for you.
2: Well, every day I would go on the, on the floor of the House and I would pick a state. Um, and I would go and introduce myself to everybody in that delegation. So the first state I picked was South Dakota because there's only one. (laughs) And so I went up and found Dusty Johnson and uh, basically just put myself right next to him and sat there. And then the next state uh, I did was Iowa, where they have five. Um, And uh, I just kind of go around to different states. I introduce myself and tell them who I am, and then I listen and find out What's important to them? Like, where does their family live? What, what's their spouse do? What job were they in before? And, you know, the, this is a people business. And there's the policies. There's the voting. But in order to be effective as a member of any legislative body, uh, I found from the Nebraska Legislature, is that a you must be present to win, and you have to enjoy your colleagues. And the number one thing I want my colleagues to do is, you know, when they walk away, they say, "I like that guy," and uh, I trust him. And if, if you build that kind of relationship, it does take time. Um, but I think that, you know, down the road, they know if somebody wants, to, you know, has an issue or wants to work on something with me, they know that I'm open minded and that I am willing to put the work in. And hopefully they'll receive my concerns or comments or, uh, you know, ideas favorably when I present them on behalf of people here.
1: That's awesome. So um, uh, as we kind of, Look into the crystal ball. We've got, you know, some things coming up. Uh, what are some things that you're working towards just generally, uh, maybe some legislation that you really want to focus on?
2: Well, on the home front, I will tell you, and this, I know this doesn't rise to a national issue, but it makes no sense to me that the Lincoln Post Office, in the age of email, is located in some of the best, most prime real estate in the Haymarket. And I am on a quest to get the postmaster of the United States' attention to see if we can't find a better spot for that federal operation out of the hay market. So on a very domestic right here at home, I'm working on getting that. And that will take time. That that is, as the federal government, at its finest right there. Um, In the big picture, you know, I think we have an opportunity this year with the Farm Bill to continue the good things that are happening in the – um, crop insurance realm, the things that farmers and ranchers rely on, we got to get that passed, and I think that uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to have to be a bipartisan effort, and so I'm working on on working on that. I am going to be hopefully hosting a fintech conference in Lincoln with a lot of my colleagues from the financial services committee in early August, and I'm also planning on hosting uh, together with Congressman Smith and Congressman Bacon, up to 25 members of Congress uh, right around the Purdue football game. We're going to go look at STRATCOM, take a tour, go down and check out that uh, Niobium mine in Johnson County by Tecumseh. And then I want to show them Innovation Campus. So those are a couple of things that are on my radar right now.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I appreciate your approach of bringing other members to Nebraska. I mean, everybody calls Nebraska the flyover state and all of that. And so uh, thank you on behalf of the business community of Nebraska and of Lincoln for bringing those folks here and really... Uh, showing off Nebraska because I think we've got a lot of great things. So, And um, finally, I'm just going to close and I'm going to give you a compliment because people say really great things about you behind your back. Oh good, let's and get I, this tape
2: Because <laughs> I can give you some tape of people that don't. <laughs> this will be
1: recorded and out there on okay, that on, World Wide Web thing until the, it disappears. On so. the interwebs. <laughs> yes. Um, but I hear so much from Nebraskans, and especially Lincolnites that have come out to Washington whether it's with their professional associations and they have their hill visits or what have you about how welcoming and accommodating you are to your constituents. And I think that's a really important thing that people people have I think people have a perception of the representatives in Washington of well they're in Washington they you know they go to Washington they don't care but like I hear on a regular basis for people that go to the Nebraska breakfast or apparently there's this cool tour you'll do for people from your district that I hope to get to D.C. and take someday. But, But I want you to know that like that is leaving a huge impression with your constituents. And I think it's important to hear that because you probably catch a lot of hell from people uh, every day about different things. But I think it's awesome that you and your team are that accommodating.
2: Well, I like hearing um, that. I like giving the tour of the Capitol uh, at night, and it's fun to see people's faces when, when they walk into the rotunda. You know, that building is as much yours or anybody in this room's as it is mine. And for so long, it's been very hard to get into. As a member of Congress, you do have the ability to take people there and go where you want to go, and it's fun to see faces light up when they see there. When you're basically standing where the casket of John F. Kennedy was, in the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol, and you look up at the dome, and you think, "I am surrounded by our nation's history. I'm standing on our nation's history. That's very special, and it's fun to see people enjoy it." And it's Wednesday night Uh, now. Anybody from Nebraska can go on the tour. I did let two people from Council Bluffs on, but that's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> gotta be that's from okay. nebraska sometimes we gotta be nice to our neighbors to the east yeah and they're um, council bluffs so yeah
1: it's it's almost nebraska right um but i think that's really cool that you're doing that thank and, you um it, as someone who a long time ago so when i worked at metro community college i was in dc and peter hoagland was the uh, oh yeah representative from omaha and he was taking us around and he's like well do you want to go in and watch floor debate and i'm like yes uh, this is awesome yes i can't wait so he takes us up, we go in, and I sit down and I look down and I was like, There are like two people in here. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's really cool. I love I love Washington. I love the the history. Yes. I just love the different things that are there about our country and those are kind of cool. And to show that special attention to your constituents, I think says a lot about you, well, not only you. as a representative, but just as a a genuinely awesome human being. So well, hey, more you of you, for please. That. So. Thank you. <laughs> Congressman's going to share this podcast a lot. Mark. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but anyway, well, thank you to Congressman Flood uh, for stopping in here and being with us. We appreciate your service. You've been a, a very loyal public servant to the state of Nebraska as a, well, a as a representative in the in the legislature. You had a great impact on the legislature. Uh, you did great things as speaker for six years, right? I think it was yeah. six years. Um, and, and really have had a great impact and now you're doing it in Congress and thanks for what you do for your constituents because I think that's the utmost your constituents mean something to you and when you do those things I think it it's proven to them so thank you very much for your service to our our city our country our state and all the great things you're doing in Washington
2: well, thanks very much for having me
1: yes sir
0: this has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN radio reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, i Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.